0: Hey, Cassidy, welcome home. My name's Stephen Mitchell, and I am the lead pastor here at Cassidy Church. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. If you're joining us online, we are excited that you are here. We are committed to continuing to build our online community. And so one of the things that we're asking is, if you have an idea, a way that we can connect greater, that we can go deeper with you in community uh, online, let us know. I mean, if it's you want more information, you want more, uh, you know, so, uh, classes, Bible studies, things like that, let us know. And we will work to, to make that happen because we want you to be a part of us. Uh, and we want you as an individual, wherever you are, uh, where, wherever this, con- this current time finds you, to be able to grow in relationship with Jesus Christ. And we want to do that together. And we hope that in us, you will find that we are uh, just a group of folks that uh, we don't know really. Uh, we, we're not perfect. We, we know that. Uh, and we know the one who is, and that's Jesus. And so we're trying to come together to grow in relationship with one another, grow in relationship with God so that we can build God's kingdom here on earth right now. Uh, while, while even, even in the middle of crazy times such as this. So thank you so much for joining us. If you're new here, you are welcome here. We're excited to have you. And again, we want to build this online community and we look forward to uh, seeing what God has in mind for us through this time and through this community. We've been talking about uh, this sermon series called Armor Up, all about the armor of God. And we, we started by looking at this letter about four weeks ago to the Ephesians, uh, called the, the, the book of Ephesians now. But it was a letter that Paul wrote to a church in Ephesus. Uh, and, it, and in it, we had some, uh, some other conversations around building up the body of Christ. But Paul rounds all that up by talking about Uh, the armor of God. And we started week one by saying, hey, uh, you need to put on the the, the armor of God because we have an enemy, not a flesh and blood enemy, but a spiritual enemy. And we need to be aware of that. Uh, The second week we talked about, we need to put on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness so that we can have our shoes shod or prepared or ready so that we can go and share the good news. And we found out that day that when, when Paul is talking about the armor, uh, he's saying each piece builds off of the previous piece. So it's important for us to, to recognize that. And then uh, last week we talked about the shield of faith, that faith needs to be so strong in us. Our trust of God needs to be so strong that it can extinguish the darts or the fiery arrows of the enemy. Now, if you haven't been a part of that, I want to encourage you, you can go and check it out online. We have it on on our website. We have it on Facebook. We have it on YouTube. We have it on whatever location you download your podcast from. Uh, You can pick that up and and listen to those because I I think that there is good information in each of those portions of that series. And we're going to wrap that up today. Uh, and so I just wanted to give you that brief overview of what we've talked about. But if you have a time, go ahead and check those out. So uh, we finally made it. This is, this is the fourth week. This is the final week of Armor Up. And, and so we get to talk about swords. Because why? Because swords are cool. Uh, that's why. Nobody sits there and goes, swords are lame. Uh, swords may not be an effective weapon in a, modern, in a modern situation, however, swords are still cool. And I don't know if, if, you know, maybe you took fencing lessons as a kid, or you watched like me, you spent a lot of time watching Chinese theater and watching that, or you spent other time watching uh, some fantasy stuff uh, like this, uh, maybe you, you grew up with uh, King Arthur, and Excalibur. Or maybe you had an experience with Errol Flynn when you watched while you were growing up uh, Errol Flynn swashbuckling uh, across the this, this screen. Uh, or one of my favorites, El Zorro. Uh, defender of the weak and vulnerable, uh, Zoro was awesome. I, I used to come home after school and watch it in black and white on UHF channels. Kids, you have no idea what that is. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, or perhaps more recently, you're, you're into Aragorn, where, who is carrying Arendil, the flame of the west, as he charges into Mordor in the Lord of the Rings, or, of course, the one that couldn't be left out uh, Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight, fighting the forces of the Empire, Darth Vader himself. Uh, it's so good. Swords are cool. Swords, uh, swords bring us this, this sense of romanticism, this idea of, uh, of, of just uh, uh, something that we're not familiar with. It, it's almost a, uh, a fantasy-esque idea when you, when you see people carrying around swords. I have a good friend who is uh, in a, a group. He's actually a squire in a group of people. They make their armor and weaponry, and then they go out and use them and, and, and fight one another in them. Now, I'm not advocating this. Kids, don't go and do this. But it's this idea of, of the romance of the time period, of, of how Different things are now, and and just how crazy they were then, and so it can be hard for us uh, with that uh, that level of, of investment or lack of investment, to be totally honest, in swords. It, it can be hard for us to kind of get what Paul is talking about. Well, we're going to take a look, actually. We're going to start by looking at what Paul said, and we're going to, we're going to take, a, take a deeper step into what the armor of Christ looks like and how we can continue to put this on. Uh, Paul says this, "'Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit.'" Which is the word of God. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. So unfortunately, we've got to start with not the sword, but with the helmet uh, of salvation, uh, which is not truly unfortunate. But if, if you're just joining in, so we get to talk about swords, which are cool, don't get me wrong, but we get, we, we're going to talk about the helmet first. Um, and, and it's important for us to understand when Paul is talking about this once again, that Paul has built up each piece of the armor to to uh, to require the piece before it. So you have your belt uh, of truth, and then the breastplate of righteousness, and then the sandals of readiness to share the good news. The shield of faith, and then he says, we need to put on the helm of salvation. Now, Paul isn't Paul isn't making this up. He didn't. He didn't just have an epiphany from God and just start. Oh man, what if? What if there was armor from God? No, Paul is taking some of this from a picture that was uh, presented of the the garments of glory. This is what it's called, the garments of glory that the Messiah would have. Uh, Actually, Isaiah says this. He says he put on righteousness as his breastplate. Maybe that sounds familiar, and the helmet of salvation. On his head. This comes from Isaiah 59:17, uh, and and we have this picture of Isaiah saying, "Hey, these are the the garments." that are going to be worn by the Messiah, the one who is to come and the one who is going to herald the kingdom of God in, in, into reality. Uh, this is the armor that he's going to wear. So the breastplate of righteousness and the helm of salvation. Uh, Paul continues to develop this idea and says, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Now he changes it to say the hope of salvation as a helmet. This comes from the letter he wrote to the church in Thessalonica, or the letter to the Thessalonians. So he's saying this, the the idea is that we have the hope we find in Jesus uh, uh, of salvation, and that's the helmet that we put on. And it's not our helmet. We're not putting on our salvation. uh, And and. Instead, we're putting on a helmet that was crafted by God for God. I mean, that, that picture to me just just boggles my mind. When I was a kid, there was a commercial. It was a, a Coca-Cola commercial, so I hope you'll follow along with me. Maybe you remember it. Mean Joe Green was a football player, and Mean Joe Green was coming off the field, and he had his shirt over his shoulder pads, and he's just a giant guy. And this little kid, hey, Joe, he wants to give him a Coke, and he hands him the Coke, and Joe kind of walks off. And it looks like they had lost the game. That's the way I remember it anyway. And he took a swig of the Coke, and it reminded him that he was a nice guy. And so he turns around and he says, hey, kid. And he throws him the jersey. And the kid puts that, you know, takes that jersey. Oh, yeah. And I've always thought to myself, you know, if I had that jersey, I would probably never take it off. It, it, if I owned Patrick Mahomes' helmet, I would probably preach with Patrick Mahomes' helmet. I, I might never, ever take it off. If I got that as a gift, I would put that sucker on and I would wear it everywhere. Because here's why. I would hope that I could absorb some of the mojo that that guy has on the football field just so that I could be a normal, you know, have a little fun in life and, and be a little bit more skilled uh, in, in things. That would be awesome. And and. The reason I, I have digressed into this is because I think far too frequently we forget whose helmet we get to put on. It's, it's this... this helm of victory that we put on. So uh, the centurion's helmet wasn't just like a leather helmet. No, it was impressive. It was made to be noticed. It was made to protect and it was made to care for, but they didn't know the outcome of the battles they were going into. With Jesus Christ on our side, with the helm of salvation on our head, we already know the winner. We already know that we have been given victory in Christ because we were given that victory on the cross. We don't have to wait to see the outcome because we win. We are the victors in this situation because we have placed the helm of salvation on our heads. And it's interesting that salvation is a helmet, the thing that's closest to our head, the thing that's closest to where we make decisions. So it's not our helmet, but the helmet of God himself that we place on our heads. The salvation that we have received from Christ on his victory over sin and death, on his victory over our brokenness, on his victory in our lives. Because the truth is this, C.S. Lewis said it. We've been quoting from C.S. Lewis a lot this series. We got two quotes today, so get ready. Uh, He died not for men, but for each man. If each man had been the only man made, he would have done no less. How great is the love of God in Christ Jesus. It is great enough that he became human and died on a cross on our behalf. But Lewis is saying, even if you were the only one that ever sinned, even if you were the only one ever made and you still sinned, Jesus would have done the same for you. He loves you that desperately. That is the gift of salvation that we receive from Christ Jesus. We receive this gift and we place it on our head to keep us focused on who God is, on what God is doing. This is why all of the pieces build on one another. Ephesians says this, uh, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Take the, the helmet of salvation, and then finally we're getting to the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now here's the deal. When we take a look at this, when we uh, read this, if we stop right there, we might not really have a good understanding of the purpose behind these implements, behind the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We might leave it there and think that the sword of the Spirit is a weapon to be wielded because a sword is a fearsome thing. A sword is is this romanticized picture. But instead, what we need to do is we need to keep going just a little bit, not stop a little prematurely, which is where this one stops. But instead, let's keep going just a little bit. So take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and... Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Friends, th- Paul, Paul writes this letter while he is in, in prison. And he writes this letter of encouragement. And he talks about the, the armor of God. And, and he ends with the sword. And, and that sword is, is a weapon. It's a weapon in spirit. It's a weapon that is forged by God for God's people. And so, it's important for us to kind of understand what that looks like. And and it's not just so that we can go whipping around the sword everywhere and and chopping people up that we don't like or that don't agree with us. It's, It's to help us to focus. It helps us to focus because Paul continues. He says, So that, and take the sword of the Spirit and pray. Take the sword of the Spirit and pray for me, pray for us, pray for this community, the faithful, that we will walk in the way that leads to eternal life. This is what the sword is for. And and I I find it interesting that Paul ends the, the armor with the sword. Uh, it's, it's very similar to modern boot camp. Uh, if you join the military in the United States today, I don't know what it's like other places, the last thing you receive is a weapon. That, that doesn't mean that it's the, the least important. It's just that you have to get some training before they're going to give you a weapon. And, and I think what Paul is saying is we need to apply the same concept to the armor of God. We need to recognize that we can't just go willy-nilly grabbing, grabbing the sword and, and running off down the street without the rest of the armor uh, on. When I was a kid, my grandfather showed me this. This, this friends, is a butterfly knife from Japan. It, it was procured at the end of World War II. My grandfather drove landing craft during the, uh, the, the Pacific... Uh, war, the, the fight against ja- Japan at the time. Um, and so after that was over, um, he, uh, while in Japan, uh, procured this knife. It's made out of parts from a Japanese fighter plane. And he told me, now I don't know if this was just because when I was a kid, it was, it was cool to hear uh, or not. But he said, the way that you know that, the, that it is a quality knife is when you go to buy it, you take a silver dollar and you stab the knife through it. And if it goes through it without bending or breaking, then it's a good knife. And that one went through a silver dollar. So maybe it did. I don't know. Uh, but it's, it's this butterfly knife. And I've already confessed to you that I have this uh, desire to be a ninja. Uh, not, not, not that I am now, uh, but it's, it's a desire that's within me. Uh, when I was a kid, I really thought that that was my career path. Um, uh, and so when I was a little kid, I snuck into my grandfather's room when I was staying at their house because I wanted, uh, a friend of mine had a, a plastic butterfly knife, and I wanted to test out my skills with a real butterfly knife. And so I grabbed this knife and, and I'm in their room and, and man, I, I started... Going really slow, flipping it open. Because I don't know if you know it or not, but it's it's made to open in like three smooth swings. Uh, It looks really cool. It's impressive to look at. Anyway, my idea was I was gonna I was gonna be awesome with this. And so I was in their room practicing slowly at first, and then I got more confident and more confident and thought I knew what I was doing all the way up to the point where it closed on my knuckle with the blade out. I still have a scar from where it dug into my hand. And, and I, I told no one. I, I, I cleaned the blood up and I wiped that sucker off and I put it away. I wrapped a bandage around my hand, went outside to play, pretended like it never happened. I probably should have had stitches because I still have a scar from it. But my point is this. If we take the sword of God, which is the Word of God, and we just go out, we're more likely to hurt ourselves than we are if we pay attention to what Paul is saying and, and put on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and, and the, the shoes of readiness so that we can go and share the good news and, and the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation before we even touch the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. So that we can learn what that really looks like. So that we can understand that it's not a weapon made for others, but it's a weapon that can help us to focus ourselves. Something that can help us to drive forward and continue to build the kingdom. We need need to learn how to wield it or we'll get wounded by it in the process. And so the first thing that we need to understand when we have put on all of the armor of God, before we grab the, the, the sword of the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, is that we don't deserve any of the armor that we've been given. We don't deserve it, and we need to keep that in mind, because as C.S. Lewis says, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable, because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. God has forgiven all things in Jesus' name. And because of Jesus' love for us, we receive that salvation, that gift that we we carry with us. And when we do that, then we realize, hey, this sword isn't so that I can harm others. This sword is to defend me against the wickedness in the spiritual realms. This sword is to help Focus me. Help me to pray for others. Help me to, to lean in to others. Help me to pray for the body of Christ. Help me to grow in my relationship. But Jesus didn't say, Hey, I came, I'm giving you this sword, go and take over in, in, in a, a brutal manner. Go in and just run over people. Go in and force people to take your perspective because Jesus didn't do that himself. Jesus didn't force anybody to follow him. Jesus didn't force anybody into submission. Jesus shares his life and his love with people. And that's what he calls us to do. Remember, Jesus said, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, be a servant to all. And that's, that's, that's what we're after. That's how we need to live our lives And then we can understand what the author of Hebrews was saying when he said, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and the spirits, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Taking the Spirit of God is uh, taking the sword of the Spirit of God is not so much a weapon against others as it is something that reveals our heart. It reveals our true motives. It reveals who we are and how we recognize whose we are. If you're out there and you're wielding the Spirit of God like a weapon trying to cause harm to others, I think that you are going to be disappointed when you come face-to-face with Jesus when He reveals to you that His compassion is what He wants us to lead with, that His love is what He wants us to share. Not a weapon of judgment and wrath, but a God who loves us so much that He sent His one and only Son to come and live and die for us and take away our sin so that we can truly live in Him. And, and that's, that's where we're going with this. And, and so really the question for you is, are you, are you going to put on this armor of God? Are you going to start by wrapping yourself in the truth of God's love and grace, the, the belt of truth Wrap it all around yourself. (laughs) For some of us, including me, I just want to tie, I hope that belt is a size 900 so I can wrap it around myself and again and again so I can get to know God's truth far greater than anything else. So I can start there. And then I can put on that breastplate of righteousness and recognize that I did nothing to deserve this gift that God has given to me. And yet he did it anyway. And then I'll be ready so that I can share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. And, and then I can grab the shield of faith and, and guard myself and, and wield it as a shield to protect myself against the enemy. And then the helm of salvation, place that upon my head, closest to where I make my decisions and help me to remember that God has given all of this to me. And only then, Only then will I use the sword of the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and hold it fast to me, not so that I can intimidate or scare, but so that I can lead, so that I can draw near, so that I can follow, so that I can go where God wants me to go and not be afraid in the presence of my enemies." Some of us are dealing with fear now, overwhelming fear because of the current situation. Some of us are trying to figure out what a new normal is. And so, friends, I want to encourage you and say, draw near to God. Put on the whole armor of God. Let it be your guide. Let it enfold you and enwrap you. Let it protect you and let it overcome fear because together we can make a difference in this world. Even now, together, we can make a difference in Christian County. Together, we can make a difference in the United States of America. And together, friends, we can make a difference in the world for the kingdom of God, for his reign now and forever. So let's armor up. Let's pray. Holy One, we give you thanks and praise for who you are for the gift that you give us in Jesus Christ, for the love that you offer to us and the way that you care for us. Father, help us to not take for granted any of these pieces of of the armor of God, but let us us take seriously that you are calling us to this. Let us put on all the pieces of armor so that we can be protected, uh, so that we can be fearless, so that we can be bold, so that we can take ground for you, for the building of your kingdom. Father, open our hearts and our minds to see those around us, those hurting and broken, so that we can recognize that they are your precious children. They they are beloved of you. Help us to to know that and help us to embrace that. Help us to let them be precious to us. Let our hearts break for what breaks yours. Let our minds uh, burn in passion for you so that we can be more like Jesus in everything we do. Father, if there's anyone that is hearing this message today, that, that is on the fence about a relationship with you, Father, I just pray that you would, you would be with them, that you would be present with them. Let your presence be known to them, that they can recognize that you're just right there beside them, waiting for them to take that step of faith, and that you will hold them up, And that the fear and the brokenness of this world are nothing against the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That you don't promise us a good life with a little bit of Jesus. You promise us a brand new life in Jesus. Let us take that seriously. And Father, I pray this in the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everyone agreed and said, Amen.